Hello and welcome to The Walk, a podcast where we discuss parenting and what the Bible says about it. God's Word contains truth, encouragement, and application, which we want to share with you, the mom or dad journeying through the chaos of raising kids. From the newborn to the rebellious teenager, our mission is to provide you with hope and skills that allows you to be the parent God calls you to be. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We are your hosts, Tony and Laura Smith, and for today, we have to tell you all that as we enter the series on prayer, it is definitely not a strength of mine. We uh, could both grow in that area a little bit. I've read multiple books on prayer, and I pray to God just about every day, but I would not call it something that I am skilled at. I'm not really good at it either, but nonetheless, I do recognize the importance of it. And I may have mentioned this in an earlier episode, but I currently lead a Sunday school. We currently lead a Sunday school for college students um, at our church. And a few years ago, our pastor's wife at the time told me that the one thing she regretted in all of her years of parenting was not praying for her kids enough. And were you there for that conversation? Do you remember? No, but knowing this lady, she she was like a prayer powerhouse. So this coming from her was quite the statement. Yeah, and you know, she said she focused so much on being the best parent that she could be that she struggled with giving her kids up to God. Because ultimately, you can be the best parent possible in all of your strength, but that doesn't guarantee your kids having a relationship with the Lord or walking faithfully with God, even into adulthood. But that advice was always something that will stick with me because it's so true and it's so powerful. And something else that I learned only a few years ago was that, you know, when when you were born, one of the things that uh, your mom prayed for was your future husband. Yeah, yeah. My mom is, she is such a wise woman. <laughs> and... That your future husband is me. You, yay. So, but all those years for, for praying for your future husband, God listened to those prayers and he brought us together. Yeah, it was definitely a response to my mom's faithful seeking for years and years that I would marry someone that loved God too. And there's so many things that we can ask God for in regards to kids. And maybe you feel as though your kids are too old to pray for them, or maybe you haven't started, so what's the point now? Or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying at all, let alone praying for your kids. And I'm telling you, those are lies. Don't listen to them. Yeah, it's never too late to start praying for your kids. Um, One of the things Tony's grandma just told us, it was like last week, was that you never stop being a parent. She's mid-70s, and she's still, you know, gets concerned about her kids and wants to be involved in their lives, even though they're all in their 50s now. So if you are struggling with prayer or uncomfortable with it, we just really want you to break through the hesitancy and give it a shot. Yeah, and there's something about being a mom or a dad that is unleashed when your kids are hurting. Yeah, we call it mama bear. 
<laughs> and, you know, even like whether they have a broken bone or are in a harmful relationship, like that beast comes out. You have this desire to protect. You have this desire to help and nurture. And many times as we get older, the way we help our kids and the way we protect our kids change. But what doesn't have to change is the devout time to God lifting your kids up to him because he's the one who's truly in control. So we came up with these four pillars of prayer to pray over your kids or um, about your kids to God. They're biblically based, but there could be other things that you might glean from Scripture and ask God for on behalf of your children. Or you might disagree with some of these pillars. They are some of the ones that we find to be the most important in regards to your kid's life. The first is gratitude. Our Bible verse that goes along with this pillar is Psalm 127.3. It says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. And boy, I tell you, when our kids were first born, there was there was just an immense amount of powerful emotions that flooded through my body um, as a dad. Like, I didn't even have to do any of the hard work. I just was there. But there was an immense amount of overjoy. Like, I was just overjoyed. I was excited. I cried. I can't really put into words and I can't express to you how I felt, but it was something like I've never experienced. It was just powerful. And that led to just an overwhelming sense of gratitude, thanking God for new life, for good health, that everything went smoothly with the delivery process. There were no issues. The reality, though, is that not everybody experiences those same joys. Some of you listening may have endured a miscarriage or had a stillborn child or struggled with infertility and the sense of gratitude is missing. It's a gift that you want so much and God is just saying no or not saying he's saying not right now or maybe he's opening different doors for you to have a family and you don't understand why and maybe you never will. But we just hope that you continue to trust that God hears you loves you, and cares for you, even when you're hurting. And all throughout the Bible, we see women of faith who struggled with infertility. You can't place your value in having a child. Or if you are a parent, you can't place your value in your children that are already here. Uh, Your value has to be found in Jesus and in him alone. That uh, overwhelming joy and gratitude right after you have a baby only lasts for so long, and then you realize that life really changes. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden, after, you know, the birth of both of our kids, it's like, whoa, this kid is preventing me from doing all the things that I want to do. You know, I can't sleep when I want to. I can't eat when I want to. I can't even go to the bathroom in peace for more than 10 seconds. And uh, the screaming and the crying. You know, it sometimes makes me wonder if there is anything to be grateful for. But I definitely think that's a human reaction. It's normal to feel angry or ungrateful or frustrated at times. But our hearts have to change as well. God still loves us when we're the most unlovable. We still care for and love our kids when they are the most unlovable. 
whether that's a colicky baby, a rebellious teen, or the isolated adult who wants nothing to do with you and nothing to do with God. It doesn't catch God off guard or surprise him that you're having a child, whether it was a planned baby or not a planned baby. He knew exactly what was going to happen and everything that would fall into place afterwards. God entrusted you with these children, whether you were ready for it or not. Unexpected pregnancy at 16 or 45, God is still entrusting that child to you as a mom or a dad. He isn't naive, and I think a lot of times we think we know better than he does. Yeah, we go around thinking we know what to do in the realm of parenting. Or we compare ourselves to others saying, oh, well, we're parenting better than they are. Or we say, our kids sure won't act like that. Yeah, it's really easy to play the comparison game with other parents. You see you see them at the store, you see them at a restaurant, and you think, oh, that's not, that couldn't be my kid. But how often do we ask God about our kids? Or how often do we ask God how to navigate a particular parenting issue like disrespect or defiance? You know, how often do you lift your kids up in prayer asking for wisdom or guidance or even thanking him for giving such a precious gift to you, even when your kiddos are stinkers? Like, really what I'm getting at is how often is God in the equation? How often is God involved when it comes to our families? A friend of mine told me some really great advice recently. She shared that um, sometimes when her children are misbehaving, she'll pray out loud, just asking God to change their heart, change her heart, change their behavior. And she said she's really seen a change in her daughter's behavior that if she just pauses and talks to the Lord, that it helps the situation. And it does. God is God is in control of all those things, and he is the only one that has the ability to change hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 10, it says that our fathers disciplined us for a short time as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good so that we might share in his holiness. This verse specifically speaks to a dad disciplining his child imperfectly. It says, as they thought best. We as parents do what we think is best, but there is an imperfection in how we raise our kids. That is expected. There is no perfect parent other than God, our Father. But it says, as they thought best, should not God be involved in our discipline? Shouldn't God be involved in family affairs? Because as parents, whether we like it or not, We are the first images and representatives of God to our kids. And, you know, it's not uncommon for little children to think God and dad or God and mom are the same thing. We've experienced that. I don't know about you. I have. No, I haven't experienced that one as a mom. But really, how often do we thank God for our kids? You know, whether your children are five years old or 35, like this is where it starts getting your heart right before God by thanking him for one of the best gifts he can give you. 
you know, starting off with this pillar, this pillar of prayer, it sets you up for the next three pillars, offering up prayers of gratitude to God for your children. Everyone, and they're each so different. Thanking him for the unique qualities that they have, the unique traits that they have, the interests and similarities they have with you or your spouse. Even thanking God for the hard times of your kids resenting you or disobedience or poor choice. Like these are all experiences that sanctify you as a person. Yeah, our children are a blessing. Even if they're driving us crazy or not listening to us or making poor choices, children are one of God's best sanctifying agents. He uses them to help us realize how selfish we are and to continue to mold us to be more like him. I feel like the more children you have, the more clear you see your own selfishness. I think Tony and I have both experienced that in our own lives. Just with each child that we've added, it feels like, oh man, I want I want my me time. But instead of seeing opportunities for humble servitude and um, to give of ourselves and take the time to teach our kids what's right and teach them God's truths. As we enter into real life with the Smiths, I had mentioned before that prayer is not a strength of mine. It's not really a strength of ours. There are times where, you know, you and I struggle just to pray with each other. Right. It feels like some days our only prayer as a family is over dinner. Thank you, Lord, for our food. (laughs) Get us through the day. (laughs) For carrying us through. That's right. (laughs) But, um... I have found that it does come with seasons, that uh, fruitful prayer and prayer that just doesn't exist. It it is not something that lasts, good and bad, feast and famine. Um, There are weeks and months where I just, I can't get enough prayer. Uh, I find that I don't have enough time to pray for everything that I want to offer up to God. But then there are other seasons where I can't think of more than three words to say, and I have a hardened heart where I just don't want to take the time. And prayer isn't something that comes natural to most people. And I I personally would even argue that it is a discipline, that prayer is work, that it takes conscious effort, consistently getting into a rhythm, and really, and really learn the art of offering your heart up to God. It's almost like a good workout. You start you start the workout developing muscle, and at first it isn't that strong, and you can't lift too many weights or do very many reps. But after you practice and you continue working out, that muscle begins to develop and gets stronger. I think that prayer works similarly. There's intentionality and an effort that requires struggle or pain But as you pursue it and are intentional, your prayer muscle is more developed. Yeah, you and I started a gratitude journal. 
Yeah, after back, Maranatha last summer. Yeah, back in August. Mm-hmm. So it's this little book that sits on our piano and sometimes at our dinner table. And we wrote, you know, three things that we're grateful for for that day. And you know what? We did probably three or four months. We wrote in it every single day. And we even got our kids involved. Like, Yeah, our daughters would come up with something that they were thankful for too. And it was something so sweet and innocent like... Thank you for the purple flower that showed up on our doorstep or something. Yeah, or the fairy house that I built or, you know, just precious little things that we forget to be thankful for. But the reality is, is I honestly can't tell you the last time I wrote in it, like probably around Christmas. You know, it hasn't been a priority. And all of a sudden, months go by and my heart of gratitude has turned into bitterness and frustration and you know what you can probably testify to this but uh i'm grumpy Grumpy. i'm grumpy (laughs) when we express gratitude to god sometimes it it is so challenging when you have had a bad day at work or no sleep in weeks to offer up something thankful however through those challenges what would it look like to Keep faithfulness to making requests to God on behalf of your kids. Or even just to continue to thank him for the little blessings he gave you, whether it's your children who are small or babies or, you know, toddlers, school age or the adult version of your kids that are starting college or on their way to becoming parents themselves. When we pray for our kids, it really does wonders in our heart. And it's a necessary step to moving forward with the other pillars of prayer. So uh, our walking wisdom today is actually a story from when we lived in Arizona. Our pastor shared a sermon about raising kids. There were multiple ways that he talked about doing it. The two that stuck out the most to us was that a parent could let culture do it or a parent could give them to God. He suggested a give-them-to-God chair, a place where you hand your kids over to the Lord daily. And our encouragement to you today is that you do just that. Pray over your children with a thankful heart, and most of all, give them to God. That's all for today. Items, links, and show notes can be found in the description of wherever you listen to podcasts. We want to say thank you to Pixabay Music and all of you that are listening to our podcast. We appreciate all of your support. And thanks again. This is The Walk.